0: Well, today we are wrapping up our series on spiritual habits um, with a with a focus on community, so that you know that we have saved. I just I, I want you to know that we've really saved the best for last this morning, um, and I'm going to tell you why. So far in this series, we focused on three spiritual practices, three means of grace: um, the practices of Bible reading, of prayer, and of fasting. Um, that when we put them into practice in our lives, they they connect us with God in a deep and meaningful way. That they're really focused on individual connection with God. This is how I engage with God in my life. But today we're going to bring this teaching series to a close by looking at what it means to be a person who's connected in the community of faith. How we connect with other people. Because... God never intended for us to walk this life of faith alone. There was never an intention for us to be a solitary Christian. And as we explore God's Word today, we'll soon discover that the path to an abundant life of faith is a path that is walked with other people. And it's filled with a choice, it's filled with the choice of living in authentic Christian Community, and it's a choice that we actually have to make. And so we'll get to that here in a few minutes, but let's take a moment to be in prayer together this morning. Let's pray. Lord, as we enter this time of worship, gathered together as your people, we ask that you would meet us here. Let your Holy Spirit invade our hearts and lives as we set aside the baggage that we have brought with us, that we have drugged through the doors. We offer this time solely to you. We ask that you would meet us here, O God. It's in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, and our Savior that we pray. Amen. So let's face it. People are funny. Sometimes I say people are interesting. That's a word I've, I've found is a, is a less abrasive word for people sometimes. Interesting, funny. When I worked in the um, electronics world um, in, in um, environmental control systems for the agriculture industry, we used to say, man, the ag business would be so much easier if it weren't for all the farmers. We used to, and then, and then, back when I was a public school teacher, we used to—you know what we used to say? Can you take a guess? What we used to say when I was a public school teacher? Man, teaching would be so much easier if it weren't for all the parents, right? Oh. And then there's the church, oh, the beloved church, the community of faith, the body of Christ. Now I'm not gonna lie. You all know this. I'm blunt. I'm honest. Sometimes, sometimes, I prefer the solitary faith experience over the corporate. Sometimes, I prefer the solitary faith experience over the corporate. I may be a social extrovert. I may be a social extrovert, but when it comes to being spiritually recharged, for me silence and solitude, that's where I'm spiritually rejuvenated. That's where, that's where I get fed. And it's not that I believe that the church would be better off without all the people. That's, that's not what I mean. What I mean is that sometimes I wish that I could just stay in my spiritual solitude and just call it good. Then, all I'd have to, then I wouldn't have to deal with the drama and all the politics and all the hypocrisy and all the anger and all the frustration that comes with people. Because people are funny. People are funny. I could just sit in my little happy place and commune with God all the time. Then I would just be me and God doing our little my little me and God thing all the time. Me and God, little happy. I have a happy place, and when I'm done, I could just go go to work, punch the clock, um, and get on with my life. You know, sometimes I, like, literally, this is, this is me being honest here, sometimes I, I really just find myself dreaming of this life where, like, I never have to sit through another useless meeting. Like, I dream of that sometimes like another day with with no useless meeting like that would be a preferred dream or never having to listen to an angry church member vent because they didn't like a way a change came about like that would be an ideal never having to put out the fire of dis- disinformation instigated by a disgruntled church member ooh, that would be nice never having to deal with the conflict or the toxicity or the hypocrisy or the changes or the challenges or the quirks or the differences of opinion or the arguments over music or the liturgy or the worship wars brought about by the brokenness that we experience as people living in a broken world. I confess that sometimes I would much prefer to stay in my me and Jesus zone over here in the corner me and Jesus over here by myself. It's so much more comfortable if it was just me and Jesus and that's all I had to deal with. I wish sometimes that that's the way the world worked. It'd be so much easier. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just me. What about you? Maybe, maybe it's just me. Have you ever... Have you ever found yourself thinking about how much easier it would be if the church didn't have all the people in it? No, maybe not that. That's not the right question. Maybe if the church didn't have a couple of people in it? One or two people in it? A specific person? Have you ever (laughs) had personality conflicts, toxic relationships, arguments, misunderstandings, hypocrisy, drawn you to question the need or the validity of this gathering That we call the community of faith. Oh, it's cold in here today, isn't it? Whew. It's no secret that our culture has been pushing us to this way of thinking for years. It has, and we've grown so accustomed to this way of thinking that we have even settled on common language. Did you know that? We have common language around this way of thinking. It's called the spiritual, but not religious. Yeah, we have common language. But what is the spiritual without religion? I, uh, I, I like to listen to comedians because I like jokes. I like bad jokes, meaning poor, like dad jokes, bad jokes, bad puns. I love them. My kids hate them, but I love them. Um, I think they're great. But um, there's a stand-up comedian that, um, named Daniel Tosh, and I'm sure no one in this room knows who he is, but he had an old stand-up bit that he used to do um, where he would talk about going on a first date with this girl, and the girl says, I'm not spiritual, but I'm religious, to which Tosh goes, I'm not honest, but I think you're in- interesting. I messed it up. I've got to do it again. <laughs> the punchline is the most important part. I'm not spiritual, but I'm relig- religious, and he says, I'm not honest, but I think you're interesting. The point is is that being spiritual is to seek connection with God earnestly, and religion is the way that we organize ourselves to live out that practice. And without an organized way of, of finding God, some set of methods, some system, of, we cannot become spiritual. We may occasionally experience the mystical, you know, a divine encounter once in a while. But to claim a practice of spirituality requires some form of of religion, religious organization, it means religion. Hence, this teaching series of spiritual habits. And while the first three um, practices we focused on of Bible reading, prayer, and and fasting um, were solitary experiences, our faith was founded on community. The Christian faith was founded on and in community. You see, Jesus didn't like call his disciples and 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 then send them out to live solitary lives. He wasn't like, okay, guys, come into this community and then um, we're gonna get together and now go live by yourself and don't talk to anyone ever again and just hang out with me by yourself. See, when the church was founded at Pentecost and the Holy Spirit came into our world. The body of Christ gathered, and in Acts 2.42 it says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and a fellowship and a sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and a prayer. See, Scripture teaches us that, that an authentic Christian community, it's not just important as though it was part of some establishment for like establishment's sake, like to keep the thing alive. Now, now, Scripture is clear that when we give ourselves over and willingly engage in authentic relationship within the body of Christ, we live into an essential and vital part of the abundant life of faith. And so to guide us through this morning, we're going to turn to the letter of Hebrews in the New Testament chapter Uh, the New Testament book of Hebrews, chapter 10, and starting in verse 23, I'm going to invite you to pull out your Bibles because I know everyone brought their Bibles because I've been challenging you every week to bring your Bibles to church. Um, If you don't have a Bible, our ushers would be more than happy to bring you one from the back. So if you want to shoot your hand up in the air, one of our ushers would be more than grateful to bring you a Bible if you'd want one. If you have your Bible or a Bible app, um, pull up your Bible, and um, as you're doing that, finding Hebrews 10... 23. I'm going to give you a little bit of a, a set the stage for you. The author, can we get a Bible up front here, please? The author of Hebrews, the author of Hebrews is anonymous, but many attribute Hebrews to Paul, um, or the school of Paul. And so, just leading up to this point, um, the author is talking about Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and and his death and resurrection, and is talking about how Jesus is our high priest. And since he's the high priest and he's paid the price for us, we too can go to God. We can meet with God because he's paid the sacrifice for us. And then we find this teaching in Hebrews ten twenty-three, which says, "...let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise." Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Today we're focusing on, today we're focusing on why we gather, why we come together in this space. Why should we choose to give ourselves to the spiritual practice of community? The the thing is, is that an authentic community in the body of Christ is not the same as worship attendance. Any more than hearing is the same as listening. They may look the same on the outside, but it's not the same thing. Being present and being a part of something are two different things. And in these few short verses in Hebrews, we find four biblical truths about the spiritual practice of being in an authentic Christian community. And the first thing we find is that authentic Christian community fills the gaps. It fills the gaps. Because it starts by saying, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love of love friends let's face facts one of the primary reasons why the solitary spiritual life the marginal spiritual life of the religious is so tempting is because when when it's just when it's just God and me me and Jesus time over here in the corner with nobody else we get to choose who we hang out with I don't like them they bother me I don't like their style. We choose, when we choose the solitary faith to not participate, to go it alone outside the body of believers, our preferences determine who we interact with. If, if we don't like someone for whatever reason, it doesn't matter the reason, we can avoid them. Our likes, our dislikes, our personal preferences guide and influence the people we choose to love. Going it alone allows us to be selective on who we love. And while it protects us, we, we are able to protect ourselves from that tension and that conflict and that drama, we also prevent ourselves from experiencing the fullness of faith that God intended for us. You see, by choosing to engage in community, the community of faith, we choose to participate with people that challenge our ability to love. Which is why the author says, think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love. You see, this is not merely a directive to the outside community. This is also a directive to the inside community of faith by living faithfully in the community of faith, the people in the community of faith fill our gaps. And when I say gaps, I mean the gaps of our love, the flaws of our heart. But I think that Rocky says it best. I don't know. She got gaps. I got gaps. Together we fill gaps. It's as simple as that. Teamwork, team building, concepts. When we live individually, this is basic math, 1 plus 1 plus 1 equals 3, right? 1 plus 1 plus 1 equals 3. However, that is not the way an authentic Christian community works. God's economy works differently than the world's economy. For us in the body of believers, 1 plus 1 plus 1 equals 9, Because God's economy is different. Because we fill each other's gaps. Because where we fail, others pick us up. And we are able to do more together than we are apart. We fill each other's gaps. The second thing this text teaches us is that authentic Christian community sees beyond me. And so the second part of that verse is that let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love, And good works. The appeal of the solo faith journey is that we only have to take care of ourselves. When the only person that we need to concern ourselves with is me, myself, and I, things can be a little less complicated. Don't have to worry about anybody else. And as far as our faith is concerned and our faith development is concerned, we know how much we have grown, we know where we are in our journey. We know how dedicated we are to live out our faith. And we can choose where we want to serve. We can choose what we want to do. We can choose wherever and whenever we want to do it. And when we focus on our own growth and our own faith and our own development, we never grow into what Jesus has called us to do, which is reach the world. However, when we choose to commit to the community of faith, to gather together, for better or worse, till death do us part, for some. That's a joke. We are called to not only look at our growth, personal growth, but to look at others as well. As we hold each other accountable, we're also challenged to look beyond ourselves and into the world. The needs of others become a part of our mission, not just the needs of ourself. And I'm not talking about merely the needs of services, of transactional ministries, about providing things for people. I'm talking about the spiritual need, about the great commission, the hope of Jesus Christ that he brings to people. You see, Paul put it this way in Romans 10, verses 14 and 15. It's one of my favorite passages. But how can they call on Him to save them unless they believe in Him? And how can they believe in Him if they have never heard about Him? And how can they hear about Him unless somebody tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? You see, when we live into an authentic community together, we see beyond ourselves and beyond our selfish pursuits. And our journey becomes less about our personal preferences and more about seeing others find the hope that comes through Jesus Christ alone. It becomes less about me and more about we. Less about me, more about we. The third thing that we learn in this text from Hebrews is that authentic Christian community is holy. Verse 25 says, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. Now I'll be honest, I could give you one of a hundred reasons not to go to church. And you could add it to one of a thousand reasons that you already have. (laughs) The solo, solitary, spiritual life that culture loves to propagate is good and gives us plenty of excuses. None of us need any help coming up with a reason not to be here on Sunday. But I bet that there are many that struggle for a good reason why they should. Why they should gather. Why should I be a part of this? A simple reason why this Christian community is important, why we gather, is that it's holy. You see, to be holy, scripturally, means to be set apart by God. Now, as I said earlier, you may experience God momentarily, a mystical experience of the divine, but you are not a part of the holy, set apart. The gathering, the ecclesia, the assembly of believers, according to Scripture, that is holy. I think John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, said it best in the, in the introduction of, or the preface of hymns and sacred poems that he wrote. He said, solitary religion is not to be found here. Holy solitaries is a phrase no more consistent with the gospel than holy adulterers. The gospel of Christ knows of no religion but social, no holiness but social holiness. Faith working by love is the length and breadth and depth and height of Christian perfection. What we do is holy. It's set apart. The fourth thing, and to me one of the most important in my life, verse 25 goes on to say, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. For me, this has been the most real and tangible proof for God's purpose of Christian community in my life. A life of of self-sufficiency, of leaving it leaves us alone often and abandoned when the realities of this broken world come crashing down and invade our lives. Now, yes, we have social networks, we have families, we have structures in place, most of us do. But when it comes to many things in our lives, when our worlds come crashing down, We're often left by ourselves, but authentic Christian community offers us something more, more than that physical tangible, but spiritual. And yes, it takes it takes trust, and and yes, we must be willing to rely on others, it means being vulnerable. But we are the body of Christ together. We are the body of Christ together. That's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12. He says, All of you together are the body of Christ, and each of you are a part of it. See, this is a biblical truth that requires we actually be together. The body requires not only connection, but proximity. Like literally being in the same space. You can't be a part of the body. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians. You can't like be disconnected. That's like a severed limb. You can't exist severed. Jesus talks about that in, in John's gospel, right? Disconnecting from the vine. You can't exist that way. It allows us to function as God intends us to function. But it also helps to protect us from the realities of our broken world because we live in dangerous times. We do. We live in dangerous times. Now, Peter warns, warns us about this in 1 Peter 5, 8, by saying, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Now, it makes no difference to me, no difference at all, what you call the devil or the evil one. I don't care. Call, call it what you will. The Bible has many names for the spiritual presence of, Of the devil, of Satan, the tempter, the prince of lies. You can find dozens of different names and references to that spiritual presence. I don't care what you call him, call him what you will, but regardless of what you call him, he is a danger to the body of Christ. I think Kevin Spacey said it best in the movie The Usual Suspects, the greatest trick that the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he didn't exist. And I think Peter chose to illustrate the tempter as a lion. That, that was the best illustration. And to help us visualize what that can look like in our lives, I want you to take a moment to watch this clip from National Geographic to give you a better picture. So many illustrations in that hold true to our lives. But the fact remains we are stronger together. The book of Ecclesiastes says that a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer, and three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. The community may not get along all the time. We may struggle, but together we live into a holy space that God created. A space of mutual dependence, of trust and support and growth together. Is it perfect? No. Is it easy? Absolutely not. But we are only fooling ourselves if perfection is what we expect to find here. For we are all broken people. we are united with a common purpose though and that is what makes this assembly different than everything else so the next time you find yourself asking do i really need to go when you start going through your list of excuses when when the chore list starts going through your head of what needs to get done when you when you find yourself thinking about that solo faith journey about going to your little jesus and me spot and you start thinking about how much easier it would be to just go to it on your own. Ask yourself, are you seeking the world or are you seeking God's kingdom? Do you desire the secular or are you desiring the holy, the set apart? Ask yourself, is the lion crouched in the grass ready to pounce? And are you prepared to stand alone against the chaos that the lion is going to bring upon you? Or do you choose to stand back to back spiritually with the body of Christ? Because it will take a choice on each of our parts. Because we choose, we have to choose the spiritual practice of authentic Christian community. We have to choose to engage each and every time. Because as I said, showing up is not the same as participating. I pray that you would choose to connect within the community of faith. Because I imagine how God would see this community thrive. Imagine how his kingdom could impact the St. John's community if we each intentionally chose his body over our own and we grew together in unity instead of division. How long do you think it would take, truly? How long would it take to see God's kingdom outgrow this space through this body of believers? Months? No, weeks. It would truly only take weeks. But only time will tell. And how we each respond. Let's pray. Holy God, you have called us into a community to give of ourselves for each other, to hold each other accountable, to be your living bride for the world to see. We ask that you would move in us this day where our hearts are hard, Soften them, Lord. Where words have cut deep, heal our wounds. Where emotions and tempers have flared, calm our, our anxious hearts. Heal us from the inside, Lord, so that we can be your people on the outside. It's in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Savior, that we pray. And we join together this day as your people to pray in the way that your son taught us so long ago when he said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses.